Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have Jackie Wu. She is based out of San Diego, California. She's in the business of helping you feel better. We did this podcast while she was sitting in a tree, which tells you the kind of amazing person that she actually is. And without further ado, the really fun conversation with Jackie Wu. Went to uh, Thomas Wells' course last weekend. And oh, yeah? Just to, the day I got back, it was just been super busy, so I've just been working like a crazy person ever since. <laughs> so, Ooh. yeah, tomorrow's my kind of first mellow day, so I'm pretty excited about it. That's good. That's yeah. Good. Little so, days off here and there. I, I agree, yeah. So I'm going to um, <laughs> I'm gonna ask you a bunch of rapid-fire questions just to kind of get our brains sure. all fired up. Uh, what sure. was the first... Co- what was the first car you ever owned? The per- first car I ever owned? Yeah. The Jeep, Jeep Grand Cherokee. It was a 19, uh, what was it, 1988? Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. I think it was. Yeah. It was, awesome. It was, it was a fun one. I really like that one. It was a lot of fun. Uh, what's your favorite movie? I don't have one. You don't have <laughs> one? <laughs> what's I your favorite? Have, I have... I have a lot of movies that I like, but I don't have a favorite movie. Okay. So. Uh, what's your favorite book? Same. <laughs> same? <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> right on. Uh, so this one, this one I'm sure you'll be able to answer. Uh, what's your favorite place you've ever traveled to? Oh, geez. Um, favorite place. Gosh, this one's going to be, there's a lot of them, really. Um, I mean, I just got back from Ireland, and Northern Ireland was absolutely gorgeous. If you ever right go to on. Ireland, rent yeah, rent a, rent a car, um, drive, uh, go in Northern Ireland, match regular Ireland, and go along yeah. the coast. Avoid yeah. all the freeways and just go along the coast, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Awesome. So, um, yeah, that Bali was fun. Taiwan's fun. Singapore's fun. I mean. There's a lot of places I like. <laughs> yeah. So I've uh I met you uh at the A and F course in San Diego and I've been following you ever since and your life is bananas. Like <laughs> you you are a crazy person. You travel more than anybody I've ever seen. Like so <laughs> Well you you met me right in the like right before travel season, right in the beginning of travel season. So after this okay. next bit of travel, because I leave again on Monday. But okay. after this next bit of travel, I'm back in town for about a month, I think, before I'm off again. Okay. So, um, this is, it's so just been a little bit hectic. Here's uh, kind of a more serious question. So if somebody calls you to make an appointment, what, and they ask, okay, what exactly is it that you do? Like, what do you do? 
Well, typically if people call me for an appointment, they don't care what I do. They just want me to help them get better, which right. is actually – that's basically just what I do. I just okay. help people get better. That's yeah. awesome. It's, so, yeah, there's, there's, there's no, like, one modality or one method that I stick to. It's basically I just use whatever um, I think is appropriate for that person at that time, and then I use okay. that. That's awesome. I like that a lot because that's, that's where – I'm kind of going and that's, you know, so the, all the people that I meet, uh, at these courses are signing up for these courses for the same reason that I am is because they want to, you know, expand their knowledge base and help as people as, as much as they can. So it's like a mechanic mm-hmm. that turns around and has just like a whole entire tool shop, not just a tool box, but like a whole entire shop to choose from. And exactly. Right. So, you know, I'm, I started out as um, a massage therapist, and that's still what I call myself, but that's not exactly what I do, and people don't really understand that, and I'm kind of trying to wrap my head around what I do also, so uh, it's, refreshing. <laughs> it's, re- it's refreshing to kind of talk to somebody like you that's like, I just do stuff that makes people feel better, so <laughs> that's really awesome, So, um, and you just travel like crazy and you're teaching a lot so let's uh let's talk about what you're teaching all right cool you can do that um i guess it depends on the day uh yeah. what i'm teaching <laughs> uh majority of the time um i am teaching neuroconnect therapies i'm teaching nkt okay. and um now i'm starting to get more into teaching my own courses as well so my main course is called scully method and then uh, i'll like sometimes I'll throw in like random little uh little other courses as well. So like when I was in Singapore this last time, I taught some NKT courses. I taught my scoliosis course and I taught a movement course also for therapists. Okay. So I'll just kind of throw in whatever people want, whatever there's enough demand for, and then uh then I'll teach that. I like I just okay. like to teach. I like to share knowledge. I like to share all this stuff because there's so much good information. Um that's available in all these different courses that a lot of people don't know about or just they don't know how to integrate it with their with what they do. Hi. Right. Um, I've, I've, there's, I've, so uh, uh, here's a, a random aside, by the way, if there's three things that you hear. Um, I'm taking this call from a tree, and there was a dog that saw me just, like, barked at me. So um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in a tree, so in case you're like, what's going on over there? And so um, to to all the podcast listeners, if you follow her on Instagram, it's strength underscore therapy. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> and so when you follow her on Instagram, it'll all make sense. So don't, yeah. Yeah. So you're like, I'm in a tree. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, so let's talk about, cause, um, you know, I've done all the neurokinetic therapy courses and we've interviewed, uh, David Weinstock. So everybody knows about the NKT stuff. So let's talk about your, uh, Scully method. What's that about? Cool. Well, Scully Method, um, it was actually not supposed to be a course. It was uh, it was when therapists kept asking me what I did for scoliosis patients, and I said, I do a bunch of stuff for scoliosis patients. Uh, come watch me. Come shadow me, and I'll teach you whatever I know. And uh, I would only get, like, a couple people here and there that would take me up on that offer, but there were way more people that wanted to teach it in, a, in an actual course. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. 
um, you know, I was putting on a course with a lot of hard work, and it's like, I don't even know if people are going to sign up for it. So what I did was uh, this one time in um, Singapore, when I was working on clients over there, there was, uh, like, one of the people that ended up shadowing me was this uh, physio from Malaysia who worked at a scoliosis clinic, and when she saw what I was doing with scoliosis, like, her jaw dropped, and she was like, I've never seen anything like this before. This is so gentle. You're getting such rapid um, changes, like, immediately. And the patient is, like, they're chilling. They're just hanging out and having fun, and they're they're not really doing much. It's really simple. And um, before that, like, I had no idea what scoliosis treatments really were like. And uh, so what ended up happening was I, I got home from that trip, and I started doing some research on the internet and seeing like what scoliosis treatments really were like and what I found on the internet just broke my heart. Um, so, uh, cause all these, all these kids, but cause a lot of people that have scoliosis, they get it when they're kids or they're, when they're going to puberty. And so these kids are giving up a lot of time in their life to basically be put on, um, what's been described as, uh, medieval torture devices and such or they get, like, pushed and pulled to different positions, or they get put on these stretches for, like, an hour or two at a time where they're, they're you know, with the skin off the palm of their hands or kind of getting scraped off and that kind of thing. So um, I, uh, my heart dropped with that, and I, I decided then and there, I'm like, I need to create this course, not for the therapist, because there's already a lot of courses out there that people can use to help people with, but I wanted to get this course out um for the people who have scoliosis, because there are very, very, very limited options for people who have scoliosis out there, and yeah. um, the majority of the the options out there are very archaic and barbaric. Right. Uh, they're very out. They're very, very outdated, and nobody. Like, I don't think the, the the medical or health professional community knows enough about scoliosis right now. They're treating it like it was, um, like a, a a condition that is a standalone thing. But it's right. really not. So right. I wanted to create the course uh, specifically for them. So what ended up what it ended up is is it's basically like a, it's a watered down, it's a simplified version of how I treat, and uh, this is how I treat everybody, right? It's just like a, it's a conglomeration of a lot of different things. Right. But then I I have these specific applications for scoliosis, and I call it scoli method because I want the word to get out there for all the scoliosis patients people who are suffering from scoliosis um, to, to let them know that there is something else out there. And I also wanted people who are working with scoliosis patients um, to know that there is something else out there other than forced stretching and bracing and surgery and, um, like, getting into these impossible exercises that people have no idea how to get into. Um, yeah. And so I, I just wanted to create a lot more awareness for that. So the course itself is very... Uh, applicable for scoliosis, but you can take it apart and you can use it, uh, different aspects of it on anybody, whether or not they have scoliosis. Right. So that's basically what the course is. It's just like a mishmash of a bunch of stuff. It teaches you what else is out there in the world as far as, like, effective treatments go, um, and then also how to integrate those parts of the treatment into your practice, because... If you've taken a bunch of classes, if you've taken a bunch of courses, learned a bunch of stuff, every single course that I've been to at least is all about how to use their method on everything. Right. Right? So 
the the issue comes then of when to use what where. Right. Because we're being told to use you know each one of these everywhere, but then we all know that that's not really how it works. Even though some people do that, right? Some people learn one thing and then that's all they do. But then right. you take more courses and you realize, oh, this actually works way better than this other way that I was doing it. Right. So then people are stuck with trying to figure out like where everything goes, and then also what else is out there. Right. There's so much out there in the world that people don't know about. So I've taken a bunch of the weird courses, a bunch of the advanced neurology courses, a bunch of movement courses, and I've played a, played around with a bunch of the stuff on my own. And uh, I've found, for me at least, and with a lot of um, people with scoliosis or not, or no scoliosis, um, where certain modalities work best, where modalities are not effective, and um, how to kind of combine some of them together and also basically just grasp the concepts of some of them and then um, uh, kind of like, I don't want to say invent my own thing <laughs> because I believe that everything that's out there right now has already been done by somebody else. Right. And even if we think we make something up, we really didn't. Right. You know? Um, so I, I just like to put my own, I'll, I'll just say I put my own spin on it. Or I'll right. combine two different theories and two different modalities or a, or a different concept with a different modality, and I'll, you know, make it an innovation, right? Right. Um, not an invention, but like an innovation. Right. Because everything else, everything's been done before, you know. Right. It's just different so, ways of looking at it. Yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. So, like, um, I'm practicing out of Flagstaff, Arizona, and you're in San Diego, correct? Yes, for now. Okay, yeah, <laughs> for now. So, um, so what I – so I'm – that's another thing that I've noticed is that uh, I talk to a lot of different therapists here in town, and they have a hard time integrating all of these different things that they've learned into their practice. So they, they – learn the the prototypical uh, massage stuff, and then they go to all these different courses, and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to do an NKT treatment on this person, and then I'm just going to do a regular Swedish treatment on this person, and then I'm going to do yeah. this on this person instead of – but that's kind of how it's taught, right? So, like, the yep. nervous system is different than the fascia, which is different than the muscles, which is different than the endocrine system, which is different than the digestive system, but it's all the same thing. And so yep. that's how I look at my practice also. So, like, you know, NKT, functional range conditioning, whatever, um, you know, ANF, whatever it is, it's all the same thing. And so if I uh, – NKT is my primary kind of assessment tool, and if that assessment actually works as a treatment, then great. But if I need to start integrating all this other stuff, cupping therapy, you know, ANF therapy, you know, a lot of the rock tape stuff, rock blades, whatever it is, uh, you know, take them out into the gym and teach them how to use their foot, then that's what I need to do. But it starts here and then ends somewhere else. And so um, I have clients who are like, hey, my sister is in this place. How is there somebody around there that does what you do? And I'm like, no, nobody does what I do because I do it the way that I do it. So that's the yeah. way – so that's what you're saying is there's a lot of people that do aspects of what you do, but you're the only person that integrates everything the way that you do. Does that make sense? So that's yeah. kind of what I'm hearing, yeah. Yep, that's pretty much it. I mean, everybody has their own way of doing stuff, right? Right. 
And so, you know, when I look, you know, that's the other gift of all of these education courses. Like I said, there's like-minded people going there and they're signing up for those courses for a reason. And so if I have a client somewhere that's like, hey, I'm in San Diego. I need somebody to help me. I can look and be like, well, maybe Jackie Wu is in the country, but probably not. So then I'll send, like, <laughs> I'll send them to, you know, Andy or, you know, Ben Ramos or somebody that does certain aspects of what I do. They might not yep. do it the way that I do it, but they'll be able to help these people. And so, yeah. and, you know, with these courses, it's the, you know, all of the people that I run across, they're also extraordinarily determined people, which means mm-hmm. that they're like, this course is in New York and I live in San Diego, but I am going to go to that course in New York because I need this because my people need this. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. And, right. So then um, how – so the, the teaching thing is really interesting to me because that's kind of uh, what – I want to evolve into. So how did you, did it just kind of organically start happening? And then you just, um, you know, started, did you advertise for it? Is it by word of mouth or how did that, how do you, how did that work out? The, for my course? Yeah. Um, well, it was, uh, it was also that trip in Singapore about a year ago. Um, when I decided, I'm like, okay, I got to put this out. And then, um, what I wanted to do before I just put it out was I needed people to use it as a soundboard, right? And then people to, uh, like, basically criticize the hell out of me. That's <laughs> right. what I needed. I needed a lot of feedback, input, and I needed a lot of criticism, criticism to make it, to make sure that, like, what I was doing was really, really good, not just good in my head, you know? Right. Um, and so I got uh, a team together of people who were represent, uh, very good representations of various parts of this, I guess, physical wellness um, industry, and um, used them as my soundboard, had them try different things out, and um, that's how the course came about. And um, I had to put the, the course out, of course, you know, otherwise people wouldn't know about it. But the only thing I really did as far as advertising was just put it on my Facebook page, and that's pretty much it. And then um, the rest of it is just word of mouth. And so um, people will re- people will hear about me or my course, actually, uh, either through my Facebook page or through other people that know me um, as of right now because I, I don't do any paid advertising for any of that stuff. And um, I, I wanted it to grow organically because I wanted the right type of people to show up. Um, I don't want just anybody who is willy-nilly wants to take a course just for the hell of taking a course, right? I want people who are there who are actually going to do something with the information that I that I share. Um, and so those those are going to be the people who value information, not just value certification. Right. And the best the best way to get the word out there for those kind of people is word of mouth, right? One of those kind of people will know more of those kind of people. So everybody kind of, you know, it's a, it's a whole network. It's, you, you know, the same kind of people. Right. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of how I put the word out there, and that's literally all I do. And um, if you're on a Facebook page, Strength Therapy, um, I'll have now, I'll start having, like, testimonials from people on that. Um, 
We've got before and afters. We've got, like, some video examples of some of the things that we might do in class. Um, but that's really all that I do for getting the word out there. And I would love to start getting into a more expanded um, uh, network, I guess. So this podcast, I think, is wonderful because it's going to get people that I would have never uh, had contact with, I think. Right. Because everybody has different networks. So I think this is great. But thank you very much for, for what you're doing here. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is this is one of my favorite things about this podcast is, you know, because Blackstaff is really small and there's not a whole lot of people that think like me or act like me or do like me. And so, you know, through these courses, like I said, I find all these like-minded people and we instantly – get along and connect because we have the same goals and we're at that same course for a reason. And so then, you know, you, it's like one of those things where if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. And so like what I did with this podcast was I created my own room and invite these guests in that are way smarter than me and know more stuff than, you know, I can even think is imaginable because like, you know, there's people like, you know, Dr. Perry Nicholson or Adam Wolf or, you know, like these people where you just, like Adam Wolf, I had him on the podcast and I asked him four questions and the podcast was an hour and 20 minutes long. You know what I mean? So then he, he just yeah. goes off and you're just like, holy crap, I need to, you know, so like, but I feel like there's other people that need to hear this and then I want to hear it and I want to ask. They, like, just get people that are smarter than you and ask them a bunch of questions. That's what my podcast is about. It's amazing. And so, um, smart. Yeah. It's really smart to do. Yeah. And so, um, cause, you know, the, the teaching thing, like I said, I'm really interested in it, but like you said, it kind of happens organically. People are like, oh, I need this. And you're like, oh, well, I have that. And I want other people to have it too. So then I'm just going to start teaching it. So, um, when did you start doing uh, neurokinetic therapy? How long have you been doing that? <laughs> uh, 2014, March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took it in um, in Sydney, okay. uh, in Australia. Yeah, that Jeez. was uh, when I used to live in. Yeah, that, well, that was when I used to live in Taiwan. So I, I lived in okay. Taiwan for four years, okay. and Taiwan was was actually the start of my whole uh, current career, as you could say it. I think, um, and then. Yeah. Uh, Back then, there was no NKT in Taiwan. Yeah. And the closest, I mean, there was no NKT in Asia at all. Right. Um, so the closest place to go was uh, Sydney at the time. So yeah. I traveled all the way to Sydney, and that was my first time going to Australia, so it was pretty exciting. But, um, right. Uh, that was back in March of 2014, and I had to travel to Toronto for level two, and I okay. had to travel to San Francisco for level three. Yeah, so that's. So that's what's really interesting about like my career is I've been traveling. I've been a massage therapist for about three and a half years, and I've traveled more in this last <laughs> three and a half years than I ever have in my life because I'm just like <laughs> I I need this and people need this, so I'm going. You know, so like I took my uh, level one in um, Denver, and then I took my level two in Phoenix, and then I took my level three in Chicago. You know, and right. I took uh, Thomas Wells' course in Dallas, and um, then my next one is going to be uh, up in Vancouver. 
you know, so I'm just traveling all over the place. And it's just really interesting to just, nice. where you're just like, no, I need to go here. And um, so um, when did you start teaching for them and how did that process work out? Oh, uh, I think I came upon that by luck. I, I, I tell that to people, but I mean, people keep saying, oh, it's because you're good and this and that. I'm like, well, I think it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very fortunate combination of everything, right? So, um, when David brought MKT over to Taiwan for the first time, um, he emailed me and asked me to assist. And, you know, back then we we didn't have the assistant qualifications that um, we have now. It was just like, okay, hey, there's somebody there, you know, who's taken the course, they're certified, let's have them assist, right? Right. And so I was one of the only two people in Taiwan that had taken MKT and the other guy, um, who had taken it, took it like six months before I did, and neither of us knew what the hell we were doing. So it's kind of like right. the blind meeting the blind. And right. it, was, it was really funny for about eight months. And then, um, uh, then we got this email from David asking us to, to assist. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll go. I'm like, I, I don't know if I can be of any help. Maybe I can translate, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, it turns out that they had already hired a translator who was um, one of the, the most well-known physios in Taiwan, um, but what ended up happening was that there's some of the concepts that weren't quite uh, able to be translated by him. So um, David asked me to do a little bit of translation because he knew that I knew what the concept was, right. at least, right? And so I ended up, um, <laughs> what was interesting was I ended up having to translate and teach a room of 51 NDs and physios. Right. Um, this, this, uh, MKT <laughs> and, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. Like, yeah, David no would, pressure. Would, <laughs> yeah, no pressure, no pressure whatsoever. <laughs> so David, David would teach like a part of it. And then, um, I would, if I had any questions, I would just kind of turn around to the, like one of the nine people that David flew in from all parts of the world that were like rock stars of MKT. So I was very fortunate to have them there. But if yeah. I had any questions about MKT while David was teaching it, I would just turn around and ask one of them. They would explain to me, and then um, I would understand it, and then I'd turn around, and then I would explain it in Chinese to, you know, 51 super, super, super smart medical professionals. That's bananas. And, um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, shit, this is, uh, this is, this is getting crazy really fast. Right. Um, and, then, and then David just saw, like, that I could command the room, that I could um, communicate effectively, and they all – understood they all seemed to understand you know MKT after I would explain it to my each part. So by that he assumed that I knew how to teach it in Chinese. <laughs> yeah. And then um and then after that he's like, okay, well we need to run study groups now and so you're gonna be in charge of the study groups. And I'm like, wait, so you need me to do ongoing training for these doctors? Um yeah. oh, okay. So really no pressure there or yeah. all of the pressure in the world. Right. But what ends up happening is like I actually thrive on that kind of pressure. So um yeah. it's it's that kind of pressure that lights a fire under my ass. Right. And so when he said, Yeah, you're leaving the study groups, I'm like, Okay, well that means I have to be better than them, right? So yep. uh first first step was to go to level two. And so I'm like, All right, I guess I'm going to level two. So I went to level two, learned that very quickly and then um, went to level three, learned that very quickly, and I, I traveled the world and I shadowed um, each and one of those um, the systems that flew in to Taiwan because I knew that they were great. 
Yeah. So I shadowed each one of them, spent at least a few days up to a week with each one of them, um, getting different perspectives of the same thing from different people. Right. And that really opened my eyes a lot. So I recommend doing that um, for anybody, really. Yeah. Um, and uh, then, you know, I taught all the study groups. And then after a bit, um, uh, we were finding that for the NKT courses, that there are more and more people that needed Mandarin in the course. And then um, David would, uh, was also getting a bit tired of, of, of traveling, I think, because it's a, it's a far it's, – it's, it's a bit of a – a bit of a commute going from San Francisco to Asia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, so, you know, I get, you know, the longest flight I think I've done is from uh, Phoenix to Hawaii, and I'm just like, eh, that's hard. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what that's like. That's awesome. It's, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've already stopped counting like hours. People are like, how long is the flight? I have no idea. I just sit on the plane and then I'm like, okay, I'll just keep doing stuff until until it lands and then I'm good. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so, uh, yeah. So then, so end of end of 2016, I believe it was. Um, yeah, end of 2016 was when David. Uh, I'm sorry, end of 2015, and uh, was when David uh, decided that he wanted me to teach. Yeah. So he asked, yeah, so he invited me and asked me if I wanted to teach. And I'm like, um, sure. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm like, if you, if you think I can do it, boss, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it my best go. Right. So, That's awesome. <laughs> That's, uh, so, <laughs> I had kind of a yeah, similar thanks. story with, uh, with CrossFit. So I, uh, started out in mixed martial arts and then, you know, joined the CrossFit gym, and then they, um, you know, I got certified five months in to teach CrossFit, and then, like, a couple weeks later, um, the owner of that gym was like, you're teaching this class, and I was like, um, what? And uh, then she's like, and I'm in the class, and I'm like, cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> no pressure here, no big deal. And then, yeah, exactly. you know, a, another similar story is we uh, – had uh, the gym that I was at at the time had uh, free Saturdays once a month. And there was one mm-hmm. free Saturday where there was like 40 NAU students, college students that like just woke up from a night of partying, never done CrossFit in their lives. Um, normally you pair people with experienced CrossFit athletes so they can kind of help out, but there was only like 10 CrossFit athletes. And I'm like, well, here we go, I guess. Like, <laughs> And you just go for it, and nobody gets hurt or dies, and you come out of that being like, well, that's the worst it's going to get, so you can only go up from here, you know? So Exactly. Nobody got hurt or died? All right, victory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're doing great. Yeah, so that's awesome. So um, (laughs) where are you from? Uh, what do you mean by that question? Because I've had people ask that question, but it means different things. So I'd like to Yeah, so where – because, like – I am this, it's like a true blue kind of local person where I was born and raised in this spot, uh-huh. and that's where I still live. And But uh-huh. you see, you uh, are one of those people where you're just like, well, I was born in a place, but that's not where I'm from, and now I live in millions of different places, and that's just kind of, you know, am I kind of right on the money cool. on that? Right. Or? 
Yeah, probably Miss Florida. Yeah. So okay. Sometimes, sometimes when people ask me where I'm from, they're they're yeah. actually asking, you know, like cultural origin kind of thing. So I'm like, well, that's no, also I'm a like, very different question. Yeah. So I'm like, like where, where was I born? born? Where did, where yeah. did I spend time? Okay, gotcha. Right. So I was born. This might this might be a little shocker for some people. Um, and it's funny when I have friends that are trying to get to know me, and they're like, oh yeah, where are you from? And then I tell them they're like, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I am from a small town called Rockford in Michigan. Okay. Um, I was born and raised there. It's about um, 30 minutes northeast of Grand Rapids, which is a much larger city. Um, okay. And I, I born and raised there, went to college there and all that good stuff. And then after college, uh, decided that I wanted to change the scenery a little bit or just change of, just a change. And then um, moved to San Diego, where I okay. currently reside. Uh, spent about eight years here, and then um, wanted to get into the the thing that I do now. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to go to uh, school for physio. I was going to get a DPT. And even though I knew that that wasn't what I wanted because it wasn't um, – like, I knew that there was more out there and that PT was just – like, it was very in-the-box thinking. But I'm like, well, it's credibility and, you know – People like the fact that I have those letters behind my name, so I was going to go do that right. just for that. But then I went to uh, Taiwan because I had, like, four months to kill because <laughs> so I got accepted yeah. to PT school. Yeah, I, had, yeah. I got accepted to PT school, and I, I finished all the requirements and everything. So I literally just had four months just to do whatever. I'm like, well, I'm not going to sit here and waste four months, you know, working. That's silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, because after – I figured, like, after school, you know, I mean, once you start school, like, everything, like, the freedom of, of, of schedule just kind of stops. Because once you start school, you go to school for three years, right, three, three right. and a half years. And then you go um, from school directly to work. And then once you were working, like, you have no control of your schedule or whatever, or it's just really hard because you're doing everything yourself. So right. I'm just like, well, I'm going to spend these four months and just go play around in Asia. So Went to Taiwan, spent four months over there, loved it. And yeah. then um, uh, I actually was training at a jiu-jitsu school over there. Okay. And while, while I was doing that, I was, you know, giving out free sports massages and free kettlebell lessons and, you know, that kind of thing. Like, hey, who wants to work out with me and who wants to do this? Da, da, da. And then um, it just happened that the, the owner of the jiu-jitsu school was an MD who loved jiu-jitsu and loved, you know, having people feel better. So right. he's like, hey, if you ever move to Taiwan, if you ever decide to move to Taiwan, we could really need, we could really use somebody like you here. And this was back when I really didn't know anything. Yeah. So um, I saw that as an opportunity. And uh, when I went back to California, I'm like, I really miss Taiwan, like, a lot. And I thought about it. And I'm like, wait, so I could – I could start my own thing in Taiwan and do exactly what I want to do, but not have to spend $150,000 in three years of my life. Right. And I don't have to be governed by any, like, specific physio body or whatever. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Done. So I moved to Taiwan. Like, yeah. One week, one week after I got back, I bought a plane ticket. Yeah. Um, gave, me, gave myself two months to get all my shit together. Moved to Taiwan. Um, started my own gym there and, 
uh, just started doing everything from there. So lived there for four years, built my gym up to the point where it was um, self-sustainable so I could travel and do all these things um, without me being there and everything still ran. Right. And um, which was how I was able to go to city to take NKT. Yeah. Um, and then uh, after that, my dad got sick, and so that's when I moved back to California. And that was about what three years ago. So it was, well, it was, it was the end of 2015. So right. it's it's been almost three years since I've been back. Okay. So now I'm back. Now I live back here again, but now I travel a lot. So I guess the best right. of both worlds, I think. Yeah, so that's yeah. uh God, that's a really fascinating story. So it's cuz we're cuz we're kind of along the same path, right? So cuz I um I initially went to uh massage school in the year 2000, like right when I graduated high school because at that point I was like, well, I'm graduating high school, I need to make a living. My dad's a massage therapist, he makes a lot of money, so I'll do that. And then, you know, quickly realized that um well, I probably didn't realize it. I just kind of did it. But I was, you know, an 18-year-old kid. I had no idea what I was doing, especially mm-hmm. running my own business. So then um, I, you know, kind of went down the path of whatever I was doing um, and, you know, started martial arts training. And I was like, man, getting hurt sucks. I wish mm-hmm. that I had somebody to fix me. And then, because then you can no longer be an athlete. And that's what your yeah. identity is. And then... You know, started CrossFit, and uh, in 2008, when the financial crisis hit, couldn't find a job, was like, what are we, like, I guess I'll go to school. I don't even know what I'm doing. And then <laughs> went, yeah. went to, you know, you know, whatever the it's typical. Like joining, it's like some people, like, that's like some people's reason for joining the military. Eh, nothing else to do. I guess I'll join the military. Eh, nothing yeah. else to do. I guess I'll go to school. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of decisions that are like that. Me and my wife were just talking about it. Like, there's some people that, like, I guess I'll just get a dog. And then they're yeah. like, wait, what do you mean I have to feed this thing and take it out and take care of it? And exactly. what do you mean I have to pick up poop, like, three times a day? You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I was in school for – People do that for uh, kids, though, too. I know. It's so, anyway. Yeah, I'm bored without a kid. What? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, I was in school for a business management degree, ultimately decided that, I wanted to go to physical therapy school also um, and then just hit this massive roadblock with, like, the the math. I just can't wrap my head around, like, physics and calculus and, like, calculus and looking (laughs) at it being like, I am not going to launch a space shuttle into outer space. What are we doing? Like, you know, (laughs) yeah, my favorite physics question is, like, what's the velocity of this hockey puck that's sliding without friction down the road? And I'm like, where did it come from? Let's talk about that. <laughs> How is it sliding yeah. without friction? Let's talk about that. Like why, you know, so like, but, you know, the more I get into the education, the more I start reading like the Stuart McGill stuff. And then he's talking about like mm-hmm. the physics of why you get a back or a back injury doing your deadlift. And I'm like, oh, that, see, that makes sense because it's applicable. Yeah to what I'm trying to do. You know what I mean? So, like, um, yeah, you need, you need biomechanics. Right. Biomechanics, not physics. Right. Biomechanics is just physics, but on the human body. That's the, that's the path I'm, that's the hole I'm getting ready to go into right now. Um, actually, so, you know, like I, we all have these different rabbit holes that we're just like, Oh, what's that? 
ooh, I need to learn more about that. You know, like the nervous yeah. system was like my first one. And then, you know, once I started learning about the nervous system, then I took the ANF course and now I'm like, oh my God, now I got to learn about hormones and how that works and then the liver <laughs> and how that works and the spleen and how that works so much and, and inflammation and how that works. And now I got to, you know, look at like Chinese medicine because, you know, Western medicine is like, well, your liver's fucked up, you're dying. And you're like, well, not necessarily. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's yep. other stuff going on there. So, and yep. the Chinese studied that for thousands of years, and we've only studied it our way for a hundred years. So I'm going to go ahead and go with these people because they probably know more about this. And, <laughs> you know, so it's like, um, and so now the, the whole biomechanics thing, because, you know, uh, the function range conditioning course, introduced me to the foot for the first time mm -hmm. and which which people are like what the foot and i'm like yes the foot is a thing and it's on your body and most people don't know how to use it you know so yep. um you know walk on rocks it'll make you better <laughs> totally totally <laughs> have you taken have you taken um anatomy emotion no that's that's really, i think you really would love high. that course yeah that's really high on my list so uh i think the, yeah i think you would absolutely love that course yeah, you like so, biomechanics, you like the foot, you like how things get put together. Yeah, um, I think you'll love that course. You know, Sean Kissman and uh, uh, there's a bunch of other people that were at that uh, NKT level three in Chicago that were like, "Hey, anatomy of motion." I'm like, "What's that?" And then it's good. Here's this book, and I'm like, "Okay, I read the book." And I'm like, "Oh, what's that?" And then I start, you know, that's just how my brain works. Uh, <laughs> but then once I couldn't get past the math, and I uh, noticed that there was the financial aid, um, this massage school in town here took financial aid, so I only needed a couple hundred more hours to be um, certified in Arizona, and then I just, you know, been off to the races ever since, and that's just kind of what it sounds like with you also. So basically, since we're kind of saying these, you're like, this is what I did, and I'm like, well, that's kind of what I'm doing, so eventually I'll get... <laughs> to where I want to go, right? So Yeah. And and you know, you like it's, Yeah, so you're like describing your whole life and it basically sounds like if you keep doing what you're doing then eventually you'll get where you want to get and get where you want to go and do the things that you want to do, which is essentially what I'm doing and then all of a sudden one day you just wake up and realize, Oh, I'm here. That's really weird. You know, it's like I'm actually traveling yeah. the world and teaching and I'm traveling the world and learning and I'm meeting all these amazing people and doing all this amazing things and my life is really fulfilling because my whole entire life revolves around helping people have a better life. And, yeah. you know, and just every day I wake up so grateful for that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's basically, I mean, our life is made of habits, right? Right. right. It's, it's not made of what our goals are. It's not made of what our plan is. Our life is literally made up of um, what we decide to do, which is our habits. And right. if you make a habit, if you make a habit of doing the things that you want to do for the right reasons, then your life will be you doing exactly what you want to do because that's what you've made a habit of doing. You know, so. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds It sounds like extremely simple and it sounds like, to some people it sounds like a dream. But I believe that everything in life is a choice. Right. You have the choice to, to do what you want to do, or you have a choice to do what other people tell you to do. Right. You know, or you have a uh, you have a choice of of doing what you think other people 
or what you think what you should be doing, but not really what you want to be doing. Right. You know? Yep. So once you, once you get out of the whole um, like judgment thing of what other people think or what other people think you should do or what you think that you should do because of what society says or whatever, and you start yeah. just, like listening to yourself and what what you want out of your life and what you want to do, and then you take action on it, right? Right. Do everything in your power to take action um, and positive, actionable steps towards things that you want to do. Then you'll create a life of exactly what you want. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it sounds easy, but it's really easy to fall into the societal standard of things. Or, you know, totally. you have you have a bunch of people around you that love you and care about you, but there's fear around that love and that care, you know, like, I'm going to start this. Well, that might not be successful. And, you know, there's people that try and talk you out of it. And then there's also people that you run into that make fear-based decisions. Well, this is the safest way to go. And this is absolutely. Yeah. And so, but you know, that's the same thing with, that's the same thing when you're trying to break any habit, right? Any single habit that you have, um, I mean, let's just even talk about smoking, right? Some people smoke right. and it becomes a habit. I'm not even talking about the addiction part of it, but it's, it becomes a habit or drinking or, or like hitting, hitting this news button, right? There's a lot of different things that go around those habits that, um, are, are, uh, that can, I'm not even going to say are, but can be difficult for many people to, um, get around because they let them influence them. Right. You know, like hitting this, hitting this news button. It's way easier just to hit the snooze button and just keep sleeping and just keep sleeping. It's a lot more difficult to break the cycle of anything that you do. Right. And, you know, there's a lot more um, comfort in doing the things that we've always been done or that we've always been doing than than there is uh, in doing all the new things. And it's the new things that we want to do, but we're afraid to. So one of the things that I've, I've gotten myself to do um, because I saw that I, my life wasn't going where I wanted it to go, um, I decided that I wanted to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, once it's, you get that, then you can literally do anything you want because you right. know that there's going to be discomfort in many different things. But as long as you're comfortable with being uncomfortable, then you're good. Right. And that's no longer Trust a factor. Me. And so that's a that's a interesting thing because I think of, there's a lot of uh, individuals in today's society that choose that nice, well-groomed path and don't mm-hmm. seek struggle and then have no growth because struggle is growth, right? Yep. And so it's a... Well, uh, struggle's not necessarily growth. Struggle is an opportunity for growth. Right. I like that. Yep. Because, I mean, you know, like... That's another thing that we have in common is the jujitsu thing, right? So, like, that's where yeah. – so jujitsu and MMA is where I really learned how to talk to myself and how to solve problems and how to be present in the moment. You know what I mean? Because nothing is more pressing than being pinned up against the cage and getting hit in the face because then you're like, okay, this is awesome. What kind of jujitsu are you doing? <laughs> well, yeah, but I was, but that's role. part of like that's part of like the MMA, MMA. thing, right? So like, yeah, and yeah. so the reason why I started MMA was uh, because I was afraid of conflict. 
And so um, one of the, uh, you know, the the actor, Jamie Foxx, he said something on uh, Tim Ferriss' podcast, which he said there's there's nothing on the other side of fear. Meaning, and the way that I took that is, like, take whatever you're afraid of and then learn everything about it. And then once you know everything about it, then you're not that scared, right? It's not, and or if you are afraid, then it's a healthy fear. So, like, now that I have, like, this martial arts experience and I've been, you know, in a cage fight in multiple jiu-jitsu tournaments and, like, I realized that there's nothing to be afraid of as far as conflict goes, if you manage it correctly. But there is, you should go in it with a, a, a healthy level of fear because then, you know, anything can happen at any time. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, Absolutely. But, the, but being present in the moment is what I think is really important for people, and that's uh, one of the things that I kind of noticed that uh, – you have a habit of, you know, just really enjoying, like, what you're doing in that moment. So, like, you know, you had the the Instagram post about the apple that I commented on, and I'm like, it's amazing how, like, super stoked you are about that thing. You know what I mean? Because normal people are like, you know, normal people are like, they just, hey, this is what you do with an apple. They're like, okay, whatever. And you're like, no, you don't understand. Like, this is what you do with an apple, and it's amazing, and I need you to understand how amazing this is. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just really admire that. And there's, uh, and I've been meeting a lot of people um, in my life that are the, the same way, just really being like, look, this is what's happening, and it's amazing, and you need to enjoy the shit out of this because it doesn't last forever. And Absolutely. I think that that's, I think that that's really important, you know, like, I think, yeah, I, I, I also think it's very important. I mean, some people think that um, being easily entertained is a bad thing. I think yeah. it's a great thing. And I think, I think so it's a great thing to be able to be entertained by literally anything around you because it, it's, I mean, entertainment means that you're noticing and that you're aware of something, right, and you're appreciating right. it. Yeah. So if if you are not easily entertained, Right, or if you if you don't know how to entertain yourself, or if you don't know how to use your surroundings to entertain yourself, or, or whatnot, um, like it, it to me, it just says that you don't know how to appreciate things, or you don't know how to see things in a positive light. You know, I can, and I've been told by a very silly person by nature, which is probably pretty true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I like to see things in a positive light. It's like, okay, this is fun. This is exciting. And this is, this is new or, or this is just interesting, right? It's like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. That's fun. And then enjoy it and, and be happy. Cause that's, attitude, like life is all about attitude, right? It's like how you see yeah. the world is all about attitude. So if you see things in a positive light, then you have a positive life experience. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter what your environment is. And that's been proven by many, many, many people all over the world. It doesn't matter what your condition is. As long as you have the right attitude about things, then your life is great. Right. <laughs> and it's, uh, that's, yeah, I agree completely. And it's uh, all about the narrative and the way that you say it. Like, totally. If, you know, this is somebody saying that in a judgmental, in a judgmental way or a complimentary way, 
because then you can automatically tell the people that you want to be around. Where if somebody's like, hey, you're a really silly person, then that's the person you want to be around. But, like, if you say, um, oh, my God, you're such a silly person, then you're just like, cool, so I'm going to go be silly over here, and you go be not silly somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah, you go be, because, you go be Mr. Grumpy Pants, but I'm going to go be <laughs> over here having fun playing in the sand with a stick. That's you know, right. That's exactly, that's exactly exactly. right. And it's just uh, So, you know, it's like the, the Louis C.K. thing where he goes on this big old rant about, and I'm going to totally butcher it, but, like, you don't get to be bored because you're alive and you're on this planet that you have seen absolutely none of. And so yeah. your mind is infinite and the universe is infinite. So you don't get to be bored. You just have to figure out where to aim your stuff, right? So, you know, if you're super yeah. pumped on an apple and I'm super pumped that you're super pumped on an apple, then we're doing great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because totally. there's – it's a, we're in a, we live in a society where it's really easy to focus on negative things and the media is yeah. negative and people are negative and everything's negative and there's judgment everywhere. You know, yep. but, um, like, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about judgment and he's like, don't worry about what other people think of you because they suck at stuff too. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> it's, it's, and so that's, it's all stuff that's like really helpful and all this information that I gather from all these different people that just makes, uh, everybody have like kind of a unique experience of their life and it's you you're on this planet for a finite amount of time make the best out of it yeah 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 absolutely well back on the um what what gary v, what you were saying gary v was saying is like when when people are judgmental or crit- critical um it's what i've been finding is that it's just projection that they have on other people, like it is projections right. that they have about themselves on other people. So it's all what they don't like about themselves or what they fear themselves, and they project it on other people through criticism and judgment. Right. You know, their, so their own insecurities or yeah, you know, they whatever. So like, if you know, we'll use the example of you being silly again. Like they wish that they could do that without the fear of other people judging them. So then you know, they judge that upon you and bring that on you. And you're, you know, you're absolutely, you're likely you're, and like I said, I don't know you uh, well enough, but you're like one of those people that positivity is probably so overwhelming that you're like deflect. All right, I'm out. <laughs> like, you know, Wonder Woman and her gold bracelets. Boom, boom, deflected. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my bare feet and walk somewhere else. Pretty much, I'm gonna go climb that tree because it's just like way more fun than hanging out with that person. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, pretty that's much. Awesome. Life is. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, so I'm really, uh, you know, I've taken up uh, enough of your time, and I'm sure you got a whole bunch of stuff to do before you uh, prepare to venture off. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me in a couple different places. Um, I'm on Instagram, as we mentioned before, at strength underscore therapy. So it's S-C-R-E-N-D-T-H underscore P-H-E-R-A-P-Y. Um, they can also find me on Facebook as strength therapy with no underscore. Um, all that works. And uh, if not one of those places, then they can find me at one of the courses that I teach or one of the courses that I, I attend or probably in a tree somewhere. 
Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I like I'm it. Sure in the middle of the woods. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time. Awesome. Uh, thanks for having me. This was great. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you. Keep doing what you do, and we'll talk to you soon, all right? You too. Keep up the great work. All right. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Bye.